But he went on and talked about how I kept the the police from going into the Capitol on January 6th. Having immunity is so important. Lee's president around, lawyered up and sucking. He's going to do law says shouldn't be done. He's got a hard Hitler head. Zero chance to get there. Go home, Don, or go to prison. Now keep your fat ass at the table. We don't need you on that stand. Every time you open that mouth, you f*** up our plan. Indictment, you gotta duck him. This duty keeps on sucking. The entire defense is gone straight to hell. Police president around. He's lawyered up and sucking. He's gonna do what the law says shouldn't be done. He's got a hard platinum head, and no chance to get there. Power dawns, he's on his way to prison. And the biggest thing we have to do, we cannot let them cheat. Welcome to the Stan the Joke Man show. Stan the Joke Man talking, or as some might call me, the Great Gildersleeve. We'll hear from the Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But first, I think most homemakers listening in will agree that between rising food costs and red stamp rationing, it's getting to be more and more of a problem to satisfy family appetite. Lord, butts run amok in my house. I don't know how they had to feed them. Well, if that's the case in your house, one good way to practice true economy is to place Parquet, the quality margarine made by Kraft, at the top of your grocery shopping list. Parquet? As in the butter? Butter. That's my fucking sponsor now? Butter. Parquet. Where did that shit go down? Butter. Parquet. I use the bowls for leftovers. Don't give a shit. And things. This is none of your business, but Parquet. I don't need talking back condiments. <laughs> Light, creamy. <laughs> butter. Parquet. Isn't that what I said? Why don't you just blow the butter, whore? Parquet margarine in the one-pound bowl from Kraft. The flavor says... Stan the Joke Man Show, brought to you by FireMeds Cannabis. <laughs> Sponsor Wars. We got a lot of news to cover today. Big things to talk about, including Petey Navarro. Hey, he's history for four months anyway. What did I say, Mark Woman Mullen? When I spoke to you a handful of years ago when Donnie Trump first started running. Hmm? If you anchor yourself to that spoiled, fit throwing, two faced, pathological lying asshole, he's going to drag you down with him. And it just kills me. That everybody that was on that side and sensible and rational through their morals, their virtues, their names, and everything right out the fucking window to drop to their knees and perform fellatio on that spoiled brat. Well, Petey Navarro going in for four months for defying that congressional subpoena. That's right. On the January 6th commission, the people on that panel who are investigating because police officers got killed on the state capitals at the behest of Trump, at the feet of Trump, they died. And you want to give him a pass like you give him a pass on every fucking thing else. Well, I told you the party's over. The answer is no. And those folks who were employed to enforce it, those innocent men and women who had families that you attacked and killed, well, you're going to fucking answer for it, pussies. Yeah. Jim Jordan should be next. He's been ducking that subpoena for over a fucking year. That's right. Jim Jordan needs to be the next person in prison. Hey, Hunter Biden, he had the balls to show up twice, three times, four times. Those pussies don't have the balls to talk to him publicly. He's a private citizen. Oath 
means nothing to those folks, and the proof is in the pudding. And if you don't see it, then I'm, I'm incapable to help you because you're too damn dumb and helpless and subservient. Think about it. They're violating their oaths left and right for that man. Donnie's testifying he didn't even really take an oath to defend anything. And he's saying that shit in court right now, publicly. And they're violating their oath to protect his right to not, yeah, hold up to his own fucking oath. But that wasn't enough for him. These dishonorable little fat fucks have written legislation to ensure doctors are forced to violate their oath. They couldn't just publicly pressure doctors to get them to violate their oath against taking care of women and innocent transgender children, so they wrote legislation to make them violate their oath, and that's how you end up with women bleeding to death in parking lots and and children who are driven to suicide because they can't get the medical treatment that they need to fucking exist. The truly wicked who won't see any truth. Or, these are vile people, folks. Mark Wayne Mullen, Scott Fettgetter, James Lankford, Stephanie Bice, Kevin Stitt, Josh Brachin, and you, hardhead. You. Trump's people aren't even a political party. They're a cult. It's a cult of evil. Arrogant, wicked, hard-headed evil. And they do not care. The more pain they cause you, the more they relish in it. And they got their local propaganda ministries covering for them anyway. Donald Trump is saying that uh, no one who donates and doesn't pledge their allegiance to him is going to be allowed in the MAGA party and being that I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm real big on protecting my family. I want to ensure that happens. So I've got uh, Nikki Haley's uh, contribution number here, and I'm calling it now. That's right. I'm going to make a campaign contribution to Nikki Haley live on this show right now. I'd like to reiterate, Trump made it clear anyone who contributes to Nikki Haley is forbidden from joining MAGA. It's court to a Trump demand he made yesterday. You have to sign that paper pledge that Mark Wayne Mullen and all of your local Oklahoma leaders have fucking signed, placing him above you and America. Well, I'm a Freemason Blue Star father, and the answer is no. I, I had like 100 copies my wife made for me at her office, and I wiped my dick off with it a few times. But um, other than that, I... Um, I will be calling Nikki Haley. I'm not voting for her, but I'm definitely contributing to her campaign because I want to ensure I'm never allowed in fucking MAGA. I'm capable of critical thinking. That means I don't quite live up to the qualifications they require. I don't want to be part of that shithole cult anyway. MAGA, yeah, another four-letter clan word. K-L-A-N-N-A-Z-I. Well, I've always said that, honey. Maggot. Make America great again, Trumplicans. Maggots. Anyway, thank you, baby. Let's call Nikki. If you'd like to make sure you're not locked into that MAGA cult and be excluded, you want to call Nikki's campaign contribution line here at 1-800-777-6642. And I'm making this call right now. You're damn right. Donald Trump made it clear. Anybody who contributes to the Nikki Haley campaign. You have reached America Great Super PAC. Please hold while we connect you. 
Okay, anybody that contributes to the Nikki Haley campaign is definitely going to be not allowed to enter the MAGA cult, and I don't want to be part of that Jonestown bullshit. Here we go. No one is available at this moment to take your call. If you'd like to leave a message, please press one now. Thank you. To leave a voice message, press one. Hey, this is uh, Stan Grunwald. I'm the uh, host and owner of Joke Man Productions, LLC, otherwise known as Stan the Joke Man. Stan the Joke Man Show, Nikki, I'm sure past couple of years might have heard some of my parodies and crap that I've been throwing around. Um, I'm not going to vote for Nikki, but I would like to contribute to her campaign, okay? So you need to give me a call. I am a campaign contributor. Once again, Stan the Joke Man, Stan the Joke Man Show, Joke Man Productions, LLC. I'm going to be doing this on my business card and this is a real, this isn't a, it's kind of a show bit, but it's also kind of a real fucking campaign contribution, so please call me. And I just want to make sure that this is known publicly. I'm not voting for Nikki, but I'm definitely contributing to her campaign because Donald Trump said, if I contribute to this campaign, I will never be a member of MAGA. And believe you me, that's something I definitely want to fucking sign up for. Butter. What the fuck are you doing here? Butter. I don't need your help. Butter. Okay. Monitoring the big one pound phone. Get the hell out of here! Butter. Fire meds. Henrietta's farm to pipe bud dispensary and home of the $5 gram. Fire it up, hippies, with wholesale prices to the public. You're only going to find at Fire Meds. Check out their entire sales menu at Leafly. That's right, Leafly. Wholesale prices to the public on one-ounce baller jars, sugar, diamonds, batter, live resin. 25% off all flour ounces every single day. Solventless rosin and carts, half the price of the competitor. And let me tell you, folks, Fire Meds, they don't be selling whore weed. Absolutely not. <laughs> Pimps, no middlemen. You know where your weed's been. Their farm, their bud, your pipe. Two locations, 908 West Main and Henrietta and 3rd Street in Stillwell. Know where your weed is coming from. I do. Firemeds Family Farm to Pipe Bud Dispensary, Henrietta, Oklahoma. Okay. I had the new Deer Stan email up and running. For one week and I only got one fucking email yeah and it's from Southwest Airlines or offered me discount airfare like everywhere so they don't really have any problems so they might I don't know whatever it is I'm not interested in adopting their bullshit so I'm ignoring them I don't like flying anyway but if you'd like to get a letter to me because of your issues you don't no longer have to go you can go to joke man productions LLC on Facebook if you like you can drop a letter to Stan the Joke Man Show at P.O. Box 699, Henrietta, Oklahoma, 74437. But I made it easier. Finally graduated to the early 1990s and got myself an email. That's right. And you can reach me at that show email, tickturd at yahoo.com. T-I-C-K-T-U-R-D. Just like it sounds. TickTurd at Yahoo.com. Figure it goes without saying that'd be the transition into Deer Stand. You got mail. You got mail. You got mail. I got crabs. Deer Stand, my daughter's mother-in-law snooped on her phone and saw my insensitive joke. 
So, own it. You have to own everything you say, everything you do. I speak to action. That's right. I speak to action. That's how come it's so easy for me to back my shit up because I speak to what happens before me. That's the fucking problem with half you folks. You base everything on what ifs and maybes and coulds and mights and wills and it's gonna. You don't fucking know a fucking thing. You're gambling on empty air like some fucking mindless idiot who can't take a joke. They can't handle it? Fuck them. They can't handle truth? Fuck them. The world keeps turning. We're imperfect people. Learn to take a joke. All right. Who gives a shit? Thanks for the, um, thanks for the letter. I appreciate it. I don't even need to read it. What, is she trying to murder you or something? Okay, let me take a look. Moldest daughter, Terry, who gives a shit. Mother-in-law snooped into Terry's text messages, found a cartoon I had sent of two early colonials at a bar, one saying to the other, I've been in the doghouse ever since I tried to get my mother-in-law hanged as a witch. Shortly after, I received a text from her mother-in-law with a middle finger <laughs> because of the cartoon. An argument ensued over her looking at the text without permission. That's the real issue. The fuck is that mother-in-law doing snooping around and daughter-in-law's yeah, phone? I don't like that. That's bullshit. Oh, bullshit. You know, this is a stupid fucking letter. Are you guys trying to force a war? Fuck the joke. Don't blame the dumbass cartoon you didn't even create. It's the mother-in-law. Dear Stan, my son, who is in his senior year of high school, is dating a beautiful, sweet girl I'll call Amanda. I'm very fond of her. This is an exciting year for them both because soon she's going to be shopping for a graduation gown. So what's the matter? Are you trying to find a fucking foot camera that'll fit up it? Amanda told me her mom has said she will have to wear her older sister's dress. Her sister graduated seven years ago. Finances are tight for their family. I asked Amanda how she feels about it, and she isn't happy. I would love to buy her a gown. I remember being in high school and how exciting it was to be able to buy a new gown. My daughter is two years older and says that soon the girls in school are going to be talking about shopping for their new gowns, and I really want this experience for Amanda. May I congratulate you? What an outstanding fucking mother you are without even continuing with this letter. My God, there's hope in society after all. Thank you, young woman, for giving a shit about who could possibly be the most important woman in his life. I don't know what kind of a chick this is. I don't know if you're lesbian or bi. I don't know if there's a subtitle that I'm not seeing. But let me tell you, on the surface, you're really a beautiful person. Let me continue with the letter. See if you can fuck it up. Here we go. The problem is, I don't want to offend her or her mother with my offer. Should I stay out of this? Should I approach her mother? I have met her mom only a couple of times, and I don't want to step on any toes. Even if my son and Amanda are not together by the time graduation happens, I would still want her to have a dress of her choosing and all the experiences that come with it. 
Help, help, need assistance in Canada? No shit. Thank you, Canada. Um, you ain't gonna have lunch with mom. Fuck yeah. Unless this is the father writing. If this is the father writing, you need to stand down and stay the fuck out of it. Because you've got an ulterior motive, unless you're Mr. Rogers, I don't believe you, but... You go have lunch with mom. That's all. It's real easy. Go have lunch with mom. Say, hey, look. My son loves your daughter. My son loves your daughter so much. And it's, do you think your daughter feel? Let's get her a new dress. Let me pay for it. I got some disposable income. I just feel like she's my little girl, too. Could I help you? Would you let me buy the dress? I'm not asking to be there. Let me be part of it, though. Would you let me bankroll it and you all could go pick it out and everything? Yeah, that way you could have that experience with her, but I just want to be part of it. Would you let me pay for it? That's what I'd do. Fuck yeah. Ask her to get in on it. Well, she doesn't have to wear her older sister's seven-year-old fucking gown. How much altering is that going to require? Was her sister a big fat ass or was she super scrawny skinny and you, your son's like, really into big chicks there's so many unanswered questions here but i can tell you this much it needs to start out with a lunch somewhere nice somewhere middle ground don't go to fucking warren duck club or somewhere (laughs) take her don't take her to fucking denny's yeah shit no it'll get worse they'll end up going to the fucking prom in barrels (laughs) okay i'm sorry See, she likes Asian food or something. Just go sit down and have lunch. Yeah. Hey, may lead to another relationship. You never know. Hi, this is Ron Jeremy. You're listening to Porno Science. Thank you, Ron Jeremy. All right. Speaking of porn, this is it's kind of leading into something, but not really. Back in my days of doing drugs and running the streets and everything out there in L.A., at one point, I was approached by um, a man and a woman in a photography s- store. I was actually buying some Super 8 millimeter film for an old vintage camera that I bought. Anyway, um, yeah, I used to do drug deals on that old vintage silent movie camera. about that and talked about that in fucking 30 years I can't. <laughs> Shit. over almost 40 years that is fucking hilarious anyway i was in a photography studio in uh, la buying some shit and a man and a woman they approached me and asked me if i was doing modeling and shit and you know, I was already pretty street savvy in the sense that you got to beware of them folks because they'll talk you into porns and stuff and I wasn't interested in doing that but they they had business cards and of course being back in the you know late 80s early 90s I can't remember but um you know I was pretty wild by the business card and they come off pretty legit and I didn't like getting a car with them or anything but they were driving like a nice Jaguar or something I can't remember and I got the address and I showed up at the studio and it was a legitimate fucking studio yeah right there in Santa Monica and um Went in, and I took some artistic nudes alone. 
black and white artistic nudes. And then I was just a fucking kid. I never saw the pictures, really. Um, Then they offered me more money. This is where they get you, okay? The initial, I got paid $300 to go take the black and white nudes on on, on the spot, on the fly. I had to sign the rights away to the pictures and everything there. But it was 300 bucks just for getting naked and from sun, front, and me and my girlfriend, we were already doing shit around Hollywood, so it didn't make a shit if I took my clothes off somebody. If, it, if the money was right, fuck yeah, why not? You know, as long as there's no contact, you're not doing me or anything. But, um, hey, yes, in Hollywood, if you're a kid, you can make your, you can make a living spreading your ass cheeks. <laughs> I didn't do that. I never did that. <laughs> Man, this this show's gone off the rails. I don't even remember what the fuck I was talking about now. The point is, I ended up, they ended up upping the price, and they ended up giving me an additional 200 making it even 500 if I would take some nudes with a uh, girl. And young woman went by the name Robin. I doubt if that was her real name, but her name was Robin Burnett, came in. And where I was all nervous and reluctant and, bleh, you know, I agreed to the film because my face wasn't, any of the stuff I'd taken before, the black and white stuff, my face wasn't in it. Just my ass and my back and my legs and everything. So that didn't really bother me. But um, um, then they wanted to do color shots to this girl, and my fucking face is going to be in it. And uh, I mean, because doing stuff before live audiences never bothered me. Yeah, see, people get senile, they have strokes, they die, they overdose on drugs, they get hit in the head with a baseball bat, and they forget things. So I'm not afraid to do shit live, but I always have... (laughs) I know, my rationale is weird, but... Anyway, the point is, she came in, we took the pictures, and where I was so worked up about being on camera with it, she was so casual about it. Where am I going with this? Hell if I know. I just thought I'd share the story. But I'm going into this story about this New Zealand social media star who was a former meth addict, okay? Emma Corlett from Auckland, New Zealand. Addicted, yeah. Crystal meth, I would imagine. I don't know if they still make it with ether or if it's ether-based shit that they use down there. Or not the way they used to do it in the old days with Drano and shit. Oh, man. I had dope head friends that were like lab scientists. I mean, they, they seriously, no shit. Two buildings down from mine, fucking place blew up in Carson. Oh, man, blew the doors off, the windows out of my dude's apartment. I used to buy meth from them that was so fresh I'd get the bags warm. But um, anyway... That was back in the good old days. You could smell a meth head driving in from a mile away. Yeah, crystal meth heads had a keen nose for that shit, and you could smell another meth user a mile away. I swear to God. That was a nice, horrific fucking walk down memory lane. Anyway, let's get back to uh, New Zealand and Emma Corlett. Emma Corlett from Auckland, New Zealand, was addicted to the illegal substance. It's made the headline news in the right-wing social media outlets here in America, and I was curious why. I just saw the headline, and I figured let's shoot from the hip and look at it. story really kicked off. I mean, the first time I saw it was last year, like in the fall. 
Emmett says, because of the mess, she battled depression, eating disorders, and violent relationships. Anything new? Now the 34-year-old has been able to remove the demonic drug from her life, and while documenting her road to recovery, has amassed a loyal following on Facebook. My name's Emma. Um, I first tried meth in 2017, and I've been using it on and off for well, since then, and continued to go down a really bad path. Um, the, the last, the past year, I noticed that my addiction was getting really bad, and I was becoming dependent on it. And I didn't want to um, be like this anymore. I wanted some help, so my mum um, reached out to me, and she said that she knew someone who could help me. Too many people are screaming for help, and there isn't enough help out there. I'm quite comfortable. Um, where I am now, like what I'm doing, I had to separate myself from Taranaki and that's the best thing I could have done is to get away from the temptations and all the people I knew. Um, going to NA meetings and I'm doing, yeah, like NA meetings in person and I'm doing NA meetings online and I am, um, yeah, just doing as much as I can. One little step at a time, kid. Oh, it's tough. And I'm glad she had a mom to turn to. I'm glad I had a mom to turn to. You know? I mean, I quit on my own. That's what you have to remember. got to stay clean on your own too it's great to have that support there is no better rehab than family i know there's a lot of people out there that don't so i could leave you on a friday with something if you're that person and you're trying to stay off the shit it's tearing the house part one night I was literally tearing it apart, needing a drink in a bad, bad fucking my way. I've been off about a month and a half, and I was about ready to go through the window. Yeah. This is my wife that called her. <laughs> my wife, Trish, called Michelle from Janine. And she said she knew that Michelle had, you know, beat the bottle, too, at one point, and she called Michelle and she said, you got to help my husband. He's he's climbing the walls and, you know, he's been dry now for about a month or so and he's about ready to go back to it. And I got on the phone with Michelle and Michelle said, hey, feeling going absolutely batshit. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just to take the edge off, I was thinking about just, you know, pounding a beer or, you know, just, just making one damn drink and just because just it's really hurting and it's really, and I just, I kept talking over her. You know me. She didn't get a chance to say anything. Every time she tried to say something, I'd interrupt her with my anxiety. I sat there for 
few minutes, she let me banter and go on and on. By then, I was up pacing back and forth in my living room. My wife is standing there waiting, you know, trying to keep me blocked away from anything that resembled alcohol, including rubbing alcohol, Listerine, anything. (laughs) And Michelle went, Stan! Stan! I said, What? And she said, Are you climbing the walls? And I said, What do you think? She said, you're about ready to pull your hair out. Yeah. You're going crazy. Yes. Got to have that drink. Yes, it hurts. does. Perfect. Fan-fucking-tastic. Caught me off guard. I said, what? And she said, that's exactly where you're supposed to be. And that's exactly how you're supposed to fucking feel. It's not original. And I'm glad you're hurting. It's called recovery. And it was my wife who reminded me that I'd been tough enough to gut it out through a lot worse shit. And Yeah. Hadn't had a drink in fucking pushing eight years now. I invited the fucking hurt. And I had fucking apple juice, which I fucking hated. <laughs> That's exactly how it's supposed to fucking sting. You'll get past it because you can gut it out. What's the alternative? Drink again and have to start back at zero again? Fuck that. You've been through too fucking much now. Don't fucking puss out now. I know you can. Anyway, I mean it. Good luck to you, man. I'm right there with you. Anything. Start smoking weed. I don't, yeah. I smoke fucking weed. That's right. I You call it a stepping stone. Fuck you. If it is, I step down, bitches. <laughs> I want to leave on a high note. Yeah. I'm really not a hypocrite, folks. <laughs> That's why I'm leaving on a high note. Woo! Gonna wrap it up with the stand, the Joke Man Show, a property of Joke Man Productions LLC, broadcasting from the Boys Room Studios here in Henrietta, America, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at high noon on Apple and Amazon and whoever else will put up with me. Fuck it. Uh, I'll try to get to bombing down Poinsettia, the final chapter. I haven't decided if I'm gonna wait until February or not, and I I don't mean to test your patience, but I'm it'll be within the next couple of weeks, I can assure you. Um, anyway, you guys burn your shit solid this weekend, okay? Rock and roll. Have a great weekend. Appreciate life. Appreciate this freedom, what little you have, because there's some vile fuckers out there trying to strip it all away from you to enrich themselves. Love your country. Appreciate your communities, your neighbors, and your fellow Americans. And if you're walking down the street and you see a piece of trash, picking it up would be really sweet. Or you can continue living in shit and blame everybody else. It's going to do it until Funday Monday. Don't listen to fucker Carlson. Think for yourself. Burn your shit solid. Bye, Cadillos, me amigos.